Hey everyone, welcome back to the Life by Taylor podcast where we learn and grow together. On today's podcast episode, I decided to share my own personal journey and why I decided to stop smoking weed not too long ago. And I think this episode is relevant for anyone who has a bad habit that they think they are not in control of. If there's anything that you're doing that you know is not coming from an empowered place or an intentional place, it's just a way for you to numb certain feelings, distract yourself, whether it's smoking or eating or watching too much TV, spending too much time on social media, whatever it is, I'm going to be talking about it within the context of smoking weed, but I think that if you just replace weed with whatever it is you're trying to stop doing, whatever bad habit you're trying to break, this episode will be very valuable for you. On today's podcast, there's so much for me to say about this journey, and hopefully I get it all across. I really want to talk to you guys from a really authentic place. I I really, when I started to try to plan what I'm going to say or make sure that I get all these points across, I was like, no, no, this is not how I do it. I really like to feel like these are intimate, authentic, genuine conversations. So if I miss anything and you have any questions or if there's anything else that I can help you with, please feel free to DM me and reach out. So let's get started. So for those of you who did not listen to the last two podcast episodes, I think it's really important for me to give you a little bit of background because my decision to quit smoking weed started when a seed was planted a year ago when I read a chapter of The Untethered Soul. In the chapter, Michael Singer talks about how to feel freedom, to fully be a free person and to live in the space of peace and love in your heart, you have to sit with certain pain. And when I was reading that chapter, all I could think about is, wow, there are so many things I do to avoid pain, whether it's eat or smoke or, you know, go on social media when I feel lonely or uncomfortable or unworthy. It's like we have so many ways to distract ourselves and numb feelings of pain and all of the freedom that we want, and to really experience that feeling of peace and love internally, we have to get through it. We have to go through the pain and get to the other side, but we have so many factors that are so readily available for us to just grab and hold on to and get instantly that feel like they're making us feel better because they soothe it in the present. They soothe it in the short term. But anyone who's struggling with breaking one of these cycles know that it doesn't really make you feel better. If anything, over time, it makes you feel a lot worse. So I remember reading that chapter and being like, holy shit, I really should stop smoking. That was the first thing I thought of. I mean, smoking and probably my binge eating, there's definitely been, they definitely go hand in hand. You know, I'd smoke, I'd get munchies, I'd eat. Since I was little, I had a weird relationship with food. You know, I was a little bit of a chubby child and I had an aunt who was overweight and my dad was so afraid that I would end up overweight. He constantly from a really good place, of course, was trying to make sure I just don't get fat. And I remember him making fun of me sometimes for being chubby or, you know, yelling at me if I was eating bread and things that were really hard for me as a child. And I forgive him for that because I really know that it came from a place of loving me and wanting to protect me from what he thought would be a problem, you know, an obstacle for me living a good life. I had an amazing nanny who would always give us the food that my parents wouldn't allow us to have and she would give me ice cream and regular coke and all of these things and subconsciously as a child that translated into a form of love and I learned this through a hypnosis session actually that I see food as love and when I don't feel lovable when I don't feel loved when I don't feel worthy of love then my go-to is food for comfort for that feeling of love When it comes to weed, I've always had this weird relationship with weed where it's so extreme, where I'm either smoking every day and heavily dependent on it, or I'm completely disgusted by it and don't want it at all. 
And I notice that it's never something that I actually do with intention. It's never something that I do in moderation. It always appears in my life at times where I'm struggling with certain feelings or emotions or just my lifestyle in general. It got really bad during COVID because of the boredom and because I was home alone all the time. I lived by myself. I had a boyfriend, but he was actually in reserve duty in the army during the time of COVID, like during the serious lockdown. So I was by myself all day long. I was actually still addicted to the Adderall and I was popping an Adderall every day and smoking weed and writing blog posts and thinking, okay, well, this is just the secret sauce to get me through this COVID thing. And the habit started to pick up there. Unfortunately, my ex had a similar problem where weed and food were his addiction. So together we were always smoking, watching TV, ordering in. And I realized our whole relationship revolved around that. At a certain point, I realized, okay, Taylor, you're going to have to see what comes up for you when you don't smoke because anything that you're doing to avoid pain, whether it's the food or the weed or the alcohol, whatever it is, there is something there on the other side that you need to face and feel to get to the highest version of yourself, to get to a healed, peaceful place within yourself. Avoiding it, running away from it constantly, it's just going to keep building up and building up. So when I decided to stop smoking for a little. I wasn't planning on quitting forever. I just said, you know, let's see what comes up for me if I just stop. I really would be interested to see what my life is like. I realized me and my ex didn't really enjoy each other's company as much as we thought we did. You know, we we're really good friends and we always had a good time, but it became a lot more dull and it was very obvious that that was something we bonded over and it was just a way for us to, you know, let's check out together kind of every single night. So that kind of led me to breaking up with him and making a lot of changes in my life, which I was happy that I did. But then when I was lonely again by myself, I started to smoke again. And especially since I've been back in LA, I was smoking all the time because I'm lonely and I'm bored and things just, my lifestyle here is very, very, very different. My career is really stimulating and fulfilling to me, but at the same time, every single day, I finish working at what, 6, 7 p.m. latest. Sometimes maybe I'll like, if I'm really inspired, I'll finish at 8 o'clock and I'm, there's not really much to do. I don't really know that many people. I don't really hang out with that many people. I, by choice, to be honest, I'm not really, I'm not really feeling like I'm social lately and, and it's really feeling good, but yeah, it was just like my go-to. Let's just numb myself. And recently it got a lot worse because I started to have a lot of anxiety about my career path because I told you guys, I shared in the episode on the hopelessness, I went through a depression because I was feeling like something isn't right. I'm really investing in the wrong lane. And I felt like, you know, I need to let go of one-on-one -on -one coaching and seeing myself as a coach to become a writer and a content creator, which is what I really want to be. In my dream life, I have a podcast, I'm writing books, I'm giving speaking events. I might, may or may not have workshops or group programs running, but, but my body and soul was fighting me and it was telling me, Taylor, you're going to have to make these changes. You're going to have to bet on yourself, have faith in yourself, give up on the short-term income and just go all in on, on your dreams. And during that depressive episode, I wanted to run away from that truth. I could hear my intuition telling me that, but I'm like, I don't want to know this, so let's just smoke. <laughs> really, that's what it felt like every single day. My, my intuition was whispering something to me like, you, you don't want to be doing this. You don't want to be doing this. You don't want to be doing this. And I just was like so afraid of that truth that I wanted to check out. I wanted to numb myself. And I think the same was true with my ex. Like there was always this little whisper that he's not my person. And smoking let me numb myself. Smoking let me shut my intuition off for just a few moments or maybe for an hour or for until I fall asleep. 
So the first thing I would say, if you're addicted to something that you think is controlling your life, ask yourself maybe what truth you're afraid of hearing. What is it that you think you know you need to do that you use this substance or this thing to check out, to numb, to mute that inner voice? What the big aha moment was for me recently that made me quit for life, and yeah, I say quit for life because I'm really committed to being sober, was for personal reasons. I have, hmm, I'm trying to think how to share this because I really do want to protect the privacy of people involved, but so I come from a family that struggles with addiction. Both sides of my family, we have people who are heavily addicted to substances and whether that's weed, alcohol, and also some drugs. But also in my immediate family and in my home, I grew up with an addict and was a huge reason why I never got close to alcohol. It's the reason why I don't drink. It's the reason why it it would trigger me when people are uncontrollably drunk. It's the reason why I have a hard time being drunk because it really resurfaces feelings of what I saw as a kid. I was spending time with people who, you know, are smoking all the time. And and I was like, wow, like I was smoking with them. And I just had this moment where I was like, Taylor, you don't want to be smoking as a mom. I just don't see that for myself. It was like kind of, I used to say this about Adderall. I used to be like, okay, this, when I even used to justify taking it, I'm like, I don't see myself taking this as a mom. I think I would be so mean to my child if I was taking Adderall because of that come down at the end of the day. Like there's no way an adult irritates me, a child. I would never have patience for a child if I was still taking it. So knowing that in the future I didn't want to take it helped me stop in the present. And the same goes for weed. I I had this moment where I was like, yeah, I don't want to be smoking heavily. I don't want to be addicted to these substances. I don't want my child to grow up with a parent that is heavily reliant on on these substances and on these things. Now, I don't think that makes you a bad parent. That's really important for me to say. I think, you know, you can smoke and enjoy your life and be a parent. I know so many people where it actually helps them be good parents, and that's all great. This is all personal experience. This is not me preaching the right or wrong way to live life. This is all subjective, seriously. Yeah, it just hit me, and I said, you know, I'm really at a stage where I'm like, ready to surrender to God. I know that sounds very big and very deep for people. And I know the word God triggers people. For me, God is the all-encompassing love and light that is in this world. It is the, you know, the creator of this universe, whatever that means. I don't really see it as a guy. I don't really see it as one religion's version of it. I really don't. God is just an energy for me. And I truly believe that You have to let go of the things that you know are not serving you to invite the abundance that you're seeking and that you're asking for. You have to make room for it. And smoking was my way of saying, you know, I don't trust God and I don't trust myself and I'm I'm afraid. I'm afraid of feeling that pain. I'm afraid I'm not going to get what I truly want on the other side of it. So I'm just going to numb myself and it's it's even making me emotional think about thinking about it because I didn't do this with just weed. I actually will share and say that I decided to also be celibate until I meet my future husband, until I meet my partner because I realized that for me entertaining these things that do not feel pure to me, these things that I think are ways for me to avoid myself and my trauma and my pain for temporary relief of that pain is not going to get me to where I know I can go. And it's really hard. These sacrifices are hard and it's hard to let go of these things. 
the first week, it's been 11 days now since I smoked and I was smoking every single day. I had chills. I had heat flashes throughout the day. I wasn't falling asleep properly. It hasn't been easy, but I cannot tell you how rewarding it is once you get through that initial slump because I wake up feeling better. I feel more energized. I feel more clean internally. I don't know how to explain it. It's like a clear vessel within me. I can hear my intuition more. I started to feel like I don't even hear my intuition. I don't even know what my inner voice is. I'm always numbing myself. I can't hear that voice and I can hear it again. I feel connected to myself and to source. You know, I can feel myself connected to that bigger magic that is life. And that's really hard to do when you're constantly suppressing and suppressing and, and really just stuffing yourself with all of these things that are not pure. So yeah, back to, back to what has been good about it is that I feel much more energized, much more focused, much more connected to myself, to source, much more creative, much more, you know, back to myself, to my true self. And it's actually just making me feel pr every day. It's like the sense of pride of like, wow, another day I did it. This feels really good. And I always tell people that Goals are intimidating when you think you have to make it to the end of them to feel good. You just have to start to feel good, really. When you start taking care of the food you eat and the amount you smoke, you already feel better. Like instantly, you start to feel proud of yourself. There's this positive momentum that's building and it's rewarding in the short term. It's not like you have to actually get a year in or you have to lose the 30 pounds to feel good about yourself. And people are very careful about using weight loss examples. But honestly, I think that Every single person knows their body. They know when their body feels good. They know when they feel healthy. So it doesn't matter what your starting weight is. It doesn't matter what your weight is now. I'm talking about when you feel like you've put on a weight that came from unhealthy eating and from neglecting your health. I don't care what you look like, to be honest. So in this depressive period where I was smoking and eating a lot, I actually gained like close to 20 something pounds. I, I was the heaviest I've ever been and I'm, and I'm feeling so much better now that I'm not stuffing my face with food every single night, going to sleep feeling like absolute shit and waking up in the morning feeling like really bad about myself. Now, so many people want practical tips. Give me the practical tips. How do I stop? How do I quit? How do I this? I really tell people, do not underestimate the power of awareness. You know what got me here? Awareness. Not any practical tips. The awareness of what I was really doing, not letting myself for a minute fool myself. When I would smoke, I knew exactly why I'm doing it. I knew exactly what was going on. Does that make it like easy to stop because you know that? No. But awareness creates a pain that grows and grows and grows and grows and grows over time because you can't hide from yourself. You can't hide from the truth. And eventually, when you're sick of the sickness, you get better. You're like, I'm ready to get better. But if you don't stay aware, if you let yourself kind of pretend like it's not that bad, it's okay, I'm allowed, no, 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 when you know that's not true for you, that's where it starts to get tricky. So if I could give you one piece of advice, be aware. You want to drink every weekend? No problem. But if you're doing it because you have a hard time socializing with people and you feel deeply insecure about your ability to have a good time, don't let yourself forget that when you're doing it doesn't mean that it's going to ruin your night. It's just about observe yourself. Watch yourself from, from the deepest part of yourself. Don't let that awareness go away because that awareness is what's going to lead you to make those changes eventually. For me, the reason I stopped is because I realized I gain absolutely nothing from smoking and absolutely nothing, by the way, from having sex casually with people that I don't love and connect to spiritually, honestly. I don't enjoy smoking. It made me feel bad. It made me feel low energy, lazy, honestly gross and made me cough a lot. It was just a lose, 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 lose situation. And that's when you know it's an addiction. When something is where you fooled yourself into believing something is good for you and really 
it's causing you harm. You know, if, if people know how to manage it in a way where they could use it intentionally and it feels aligned for them and it feels like, you know, they're the highest version of themselves with weed in their life, then God bless you. And the same with sex, by the way. If people are having sex from a place where it feels empowering and liberating and good and they're connecting to their body more and they feel good and, and especially for women, they feel more less suppressed in their sexuality, I'm all for it. That is not the case most of the time. Most of the time it's escapism and what you're escaping is exactly what you need to become and to transform and to evolve into who you know you truly are at your core and what you actually do deserve. The temporary feeling of pleasure is nothing like the ecstasy that comes from the other side of true, true freedom. And I haven't even made it there fully, but I could tell you that I'm starting to taste it and I can see how true that is. It's the reason why so many people talk about how discipline is freedom, how so many religions talk about, you know, controlling your desires because it's not from a place to actually oppress people and to harm them. It's actually to free them, to show them that everything they want is within them. It's not outside of them. All of the peace, all of the pleasure, all of the confidence, all of the love is within you. It's not coming from these things outside of you. So people see that sometimes as like, oh, it's so strict and so harsh and so oppressive, but it's actually the opposite in many cases. It's actually really trying to help people understand that they don't need to buy into what the culture tells them they need to feel whole and complete. You are whole and complete. And we all through socialization, through going through life, have been told that we're not good enough because of this and because of that. And that is a painful feeling. So until we learn that and heal that part of ourselves, we're just looking for ways to numb that every time it comes up for us. When do I normally smoke and eat and, and have sex with guys that I don't really like? When I feel insecure, when I feel bored, when I feel lonely, when I feel upset, when I feel anxious, when I feel bad. It's not when I'm feeling my best. When I'm feeling my best, I actually don't need anything. So there's so much to say about this. And I think that that is why addiction is treated through faith. And, and I've decided that my book is actually going to be on the topic of faith and how to cultivate faith because you're not willing to give up on things if you don't believe in something bigger in yourself that is going to be there for you. You don't give up on these things if you don't believe that that you know the universe or God or this big power has your back, that things will work out better than you, than you want them to, better than you can imagine in this moment. And one of the chapters is going to be on addiction and faith and how much it's impossible to let go of these things that provide you temporary relief unless you have that faith. I always say you will not enter a dark cave if you don't believe that whatever's in that cave is, is meant for you, is good. If there's some part of you that thinks that there's something in that cave that is bad for you, that's not good for you, you're not going to walk into it. You're going to stay exactly where you are, comfortable. And that's where so many people are at. They're like, whoa, why would I give up on this? I don't know what's good. What, why would I go through that pain and suffering? Only if you have faith that's bigger than your fears can you actually get through that. And that is exactly what my book is going to be. I think the title is going to be The Courage to Move in Faith. I don't know if that's the final title, but that's the main message. People leave faith to people who are religious and at the same time you can be secular and have faith and faith is such an important part of living a healthy and fulfilling life spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. I do want to share one practical thing that has really been helping me when I have temptation or when I feel that pain that I'm trying to avoid and that is breath work. I'm new to breath work. I always knew it was something that I wanted to explore but I just I always feel like these things come into my life when I'm ready for them. I don't like go out and say, oh, breathwork is good. Let's go do breathwork. I'm like, okay, noted. I, I understand that this is a healthy, good thing. 
it'll come to me at the right time. It came to me at the perfect time, actually. I was quitting all of these things and I was like, I need to work through when I'm tempted or when I need to recenter myself when I feel that pain. And a guy reached out to me telling me, you know, I want you to try this new app I created. It's called Othership. Take a free code, try it, download it, use it. And I didn't really think much about it for months, but as I was working through as I was working through these temptations, I decided to open the app and use it and it's been so helpful. These like small breathing exercises, they really ground you and help you work through this temptation when you need it most in real time. I say meditation is also helpful, but meditation's kind of harder to get into. It took me a long time to really understand how to meditate and enjoy it. But breathwork is easier because it's a lot more stimulating and you can really get yourself like into it just listening to the music and the instructor and just it's it's short, it's easy. So he actually gave me a code that I can offer you guys to try the app for 14 days for free. I highly recommend using it. Honestly, even if you just use it for those 14 days, if that's like the first 14 days you're trying to quit something use it. It'll be so helpful. I promise. I use it actually almost every single day recently. And I use it when I need to energize myself. I use it when I'm tempted. I use it. They have like a morning one, um, a longer one, and then one for evening every day that's like featured. But you can also go through the app and pick things that you want. All of them are helpful, honestly. And I find it really fun. So I'm going to put the link below. You download the other ship app and I just thought I'd throw this information in there. I'm not making money off of this. This isn't an ad. This is really purely just to give you guys a tool that actually has been helpful. That is it for today. I'm sure I'm going to talk about this topic a lot more moving forward. I just don't want to give you too much. I really want to plant this seed and remind you not to underestimate what this awareness can do for you. Just let this in. Listen to this again. Really let yourself see this truth. The most important thing I would say is do not judge yourself. When you judge yourself... It stresses you out. If you judge yourself as this is so bad that I'm smoking or I'm such a piece of shit, the more you judge yourself, the more you just feel like you need to punish yourself and you actually just come back to the cycle of doing it more and more and more. It was actually when I've accepted myself and loved myself and said, I want better for myself from a place of love, not from a place of judgment. And that's so important, that compassion, understanding that the part of you that is doing this is not a grown adult, amazing version of you that's thinking. It's the little child version of you that's hurt, that's just looking for temporary relief, that wants to feel loved, that wants to feel worthy, that wants to feel at peace and doesn't know how to do it in any other way than to grab onto these, you know, pacifiers or these small little things that are going to make it feel good in the moment. So be kind to yourself on this journey. Be gentle with yourself. This has taken me a long time to get here. I read that passage over a year ago and I'm just now making this commitment. And then every time I smoked from then until now, I knew exactly what I was doing because I was aware of it. But I tried so hard not to judge myself and not to be mean to myself and to remind myself that when I'm ready, I'm going to do it. And when I'm sick of it, it's going to happen. And that there is no future where I'm continuing this because I know it's bad for me, but I'm not going to rush that process and beat myself up until I get there. That was just important for me to say because I think so many people fall into that trap of judgment and punishment and, you know, continue to do the bad thing because they feel bad about themselves and they don't feel like they deserve to feel better. I want to thank you again for listening to this and just a reminder that any support helps. So if you feel called to share this with someone, please do. If you feel called to subscribe, to give a small monthly fee to donate to this podcast to really make this possible because obviously I'm going to have to monetize at some point. That would be so greatly appreciated. The link is in the description below. And like I said, if there was something that you came for that you didn't get from this episode, please feel free to reach out, DM me, 
I will obviously protect your privacy and any question you have is fully confidential. I would love to answer whatever it is you need on this journey. I'm supporting you on it. The universe, God, whatever you want to call it, is also with you on it. And I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening and I will be back tomorrow.